Hey guys, here we are back again. Uh, we got a new studio, as you guys can see. Hope you guys like we're, it. We're moving on up though. New, quick, yeah. Quick, quick, baby. Quick soon. Hey, quick and soon. It's the year of execution. Yes, so. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. We even have tons of people. We have this whole what do you call it? Um, list of people wanting to join our podcast, and as proof, I got one right next to me right. Oh yeah, we got a new. Welcome. We got a new guest, Angela. Welcome to the show, Angela. Um, but uh, yeah, today, uh, the topic of today that we're going to be talking about is uh, is religion, actually. Religion, spirituality, I don't know, depending on how you want to look at it, because kind of religion kind of implies religious, which means you do something, I think, repetitiously. It kind of has that in yeah. the definition, right? And I don't really like to consider the, let's say from the Christian standpoint, it shouldn't be that, repetition, that yeah. the call of God is repetitious because it says the, the spirit is like the wind. It comes and goes where it pleases and you don't know where it comes from or where it's going type of thing. Yeah. So so is anybody who is inspired by the Holy Spirit. I think there's a verse like that in the Bible. And it starts to get interesting quick because you have Jesus saying, don't be like them. They just repeat their prayers, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, whether you consider yourself spiritual or religious or whatever definition you want to um, call it or whatever, we're going to talk about that and our respective backgrounds as it pertains to that topic. And so, so yeah. Um, but guys, it's been, a, it's been a week that flew by. I didn't really get to plan too much for this. Um, but yeah, here we are. And we're just trying to make the best of the situation. Miguel's back with us today. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yep, he just got out of work. He's an island boy. <laughs> island boy. <laughs> island boy. <laughs> That's some good stuff. Yeah, bro. <laughs> All right, so start us off. Somebody asked like just a crazy question about religion or like, I don't know. Has religion been impactful? Or church? Or, are we talking about religion or church or everything? Right, like church, the whole church. Whatever. What do you bro. think about church? What do you? It's, okay, since we have a new guest, we have a new opinion right here. So, what do you think about church? First of all, how old are you again? I'm 17. Oh, 17. Right. Well, let's let's before she thinks about like what she thinks about church. Let's get a little bit deeper and see like what her background like. How did you yeah. come to the faith? Was it your like your family or a mixture of different situations or how? What was it? So I was Catholic until I was around like eight or nine. Then okay, so the only reason we were Catholic is because dad was Catholic and his side of the family was then my mom kind of like detached from all of them and she was like oh like a lot of family issues so she stopped going to the Catholic church and we were just not going to church at all and one of her friends invited her to like a bunch of churches and it was like pull the mic a little bit closer yeah there you go you're good you're better um we started going to like a bunch of churches like during the summer UBS Vacation Bible school? Yeah. And for us, like kids, it was like, wow, this is church. Like, I get candy, I get food, like there's trampolines everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And yeah, Jesus, right? This is like a microcosm of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking down the streets of gold. And then we came here, TLH, right? And my mom just kind of stuck around. We grew up in the church, well, from like then on. Um, but only my mom brought us. My dad's, like, not in church, not Catholic, just, like, believes in God, I guess. And at first, we were all like, oh, we don't like church. Like, 
this church sucks. But because it wasn't summer anymore, it was already like... The games are gone. Yeah. And it was like, oh, now I have to sit through a 40-minute lesson, and then I can play a game. Like, this church isn't a church. This isn't Jesus. Jesus would give candy to us, the kids, right? And then after that, like, I grew out of it. I started serving, like, in the worship team, in the back with the kids. John, could you adjust the mic for her? Because that thing's in the way. Yeah, she's going in and out, so it could be closer to her, and she doesn't have to, like, inconvenience herself and scoot up so much. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> He's holding the... Let's work on that. And, yes, man. There we go. Yeah, she's a smart one, too. <laughs> so, yeah, and up to then, that's kind of what I've been doing at church. Perfect. Sounds good right there. So, in going from Catholicism to this one, which is, what is this... John, we're actually in a church right now, guys. This is a this is a room at a particular church building that we're at. It's so our new studio. This is Pentecostal. We're on You're the we're Jesus. on the charismatic side of things. Right. We're okay. Non denomination. Well, charismatic is kind of like. Borderline. Yeah. So what what's like what do you like stands out to you as being different or? I don't know. I never knew anything besides being Pentecostal. I always like thought. Like you don't remember back when you were a Catholic. No, I remember. Right. Like do you remember? Uh, but like it was two extremes like at the catholic church we were like catholic but not 100% catholic so it was like we would go in the mornings and just sit and like sit and then stand whenever they would say to stand and then go back to sitting down and kneel it was like playing a game of Simon Says right right because everyone would stand and I would be like oh okay 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 next thing I know I'm like shaking hands with people then they have like a bucket and I was like okay and then my mom would give me like a dollar right and then completely different extreme over here. It's like people like falling, jumping, running. People are like, there's an actual band. People are like singing, like clapping. And I'm like, oh, okay, no one's telling me what to do. So I'm just here. The only thing they would tell me is like, all right, kids, let's go to the back now. And then I knew like, oh, okay, they're going to lecture us over there too. Yeah. But it was just now, like knowing what I know, it's, I don't know anything else besides being Pentecostal. Like, I don't know a Baptist church. I know non-denominational to an extent, but I don't know, like, Jehovah Witnesses or any other religions. Okay. Mike? That's good. That's a good little point. I like it. So you said... We're going to come back to you. you. I want to come back to you, but I want to give everybody an opportunity to just open uh, up with their... You came to the faith again. Uh, You were in Catholicism, right? You are Catholic? And then because your family was, and then... Oh, what was your question to me? So I have a question for it later too. What was it? No, I just said like if you want to share like like just a little basic background of you, you know, oh, my, myself, you, and then the show, and then yeah, we'll yeah. go deeper into like where kind of where we're at now. Oh, kind of like Angela grew up in church my whole life, and um, so once I graduated, I went to college, and then I remember it wasn't until I was working my master's that I started to like question a lot of things like with the whole science stuff and. And then uh, you became a pagan, a pagan worshiping <laughs> all the pagan idols. <laughs> I bowed down to the calf, the, the golden dog. calf. <laughs> became a heathen. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, uh, and then after that, I found my way back into church a little bit, but more from like a, a I don't know, a different perspective, kind of like kind of like more questioning everything and seeing, and a lot of just things stood out that just I guess weren't right or didn't seem right. But to this day, I mean, it's it's still fun, kind of. 
asking the questions and digging deep type of thing. Always searching. You're you're always learning. You know what I'm saying. So you're you're an agnostian. Agnostic. Oh, happies. <laughs> yeah, hybrid. You're you're a hybrid. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. My mine is a similar story. Uh, my mom. My mom was a Christian. My dad was a Christian too, non-practicing. Nah, I'm just kidding. No, nah, he he. When as far back as I can remember, he was like uh living. I guess what what religious people or spiritual people or Christians would refer to as like a worldly lifestyle. So he was caught up in that as far back as I can remember. But uh, my mother was a Christian and she would take me to church and it was a. I guess I want to say a non-denominational church. But back in that day when I was like five, six, I remember like churches being more like um, more structured, you know, like nowadays I see bands and I see people like running around and clapping and oh, doing this. Yeah, I know and I remember back we would be in the in the pews like Pastor Don and like there was just like we didn't do any of that stuff, you know, like it it's like, too hey, rowdy. it wasn't too rowdy. We're going right? to sing some hymns. We're going to clap and everything. And, and then yeah. we're going to give a sermon and we're going to shake hands. And, and, and then you they'd know, release the kids. They would release the kids yeah. to the children's church. And that's when the party would begin. When, yeah. But I remember all with the transition period. I remember that. So. Um, when I became too old to go to children's church, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you stay with, and, and, and then you see what the adults go through, and you're like, oh man, this is boring. It's kind of like you yeah. said, and you're like, I'd rather be in children's church. Yeah. <laughs> like, Take me just, back. I was like, uh, it's like, gee, this party really died. Yeah. <laughs> what movie does that go from? When you go, <laughs> oh, that's Dumb and Dumber. When he I kills the owl. <laughs> Oh, uh, Miguel hasn't seen that movie, bro. It. I have to watch that. Bro, we're, we're always, we're always you, guys, you guys throw too many references. That's the best movie, hey, bro. It's because we're fact, let's watch it t later tonight. We're thirty year olds, bro. Really? We're generation wise, man, and, and y'all are Z's right here. Yeah, bro. Um, but it's a classic, regardless of age. It should be a prerequisite. Yeah. I know it should be like learning material in high school and stuff. You should have to read that, like watch that. It's actually a funny. It's actually a funny movie. <laughs> As homework, <laughs> you compare the stuff that's Eat on today. Be able to quote five lines from yeah, that movie. Yeah. Now that's a test. So, um, so you say that when you went to children's church and came back to adult church, it was like the party died. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That was my experience with it. And then, you know, when my, I guess it was around the time that my mother passed away and ended up going to live with my dad and my grandparents. You know, my dad took me to to church a couple of times, but I kind of. At growing up, I kind of never knew what the point was. And, and it's funny because from a really early age, I guess because of the passing of my mother, you know, I had a very, uh, very fundamental, very raw, very basic understanding of Christianity or God, uh, particularly when I was a kid. And that's just like, oh, well, God's all powerful. And like he made everybody and he made everything. And like, you know, he's good. And, you know, he loves everybody. And like, like love, super vague. Love, love, love. Just, good, good, yeah. good. Like, you yeah. know, can do. <laughs> And um, I, I was kind of confused about everything at that point because I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would he take, you know, my mother who was like doing everything right? And I didn't want my dad. I love my dad, right, with all my heart. But I'm thinking of it like a, from a rationalization standpoint. And I'm like, and, you know, like, didn't, like maybe he made a mistake or something or like, you know, like I'm thinking of it in terms yeah, they talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. sin and stuff, you know. So I'm like, well, you know, like, hey, oh, you know, don't sin like the wrath of the Lord, you know, like just basic, you're, super you're, basic you're stuff. You're looking for answers like. I was thinking of things like that, man. I was thinking of things like that, you know, and um, 
when I grew up and I grew older and became a teenager and got again kind of followed in the footsteps of my dad and started messing up there was some there was some times where in certain seasons and and times in my life where I felt the Lord kind of calling me back and I always kind of felt this sense of like pull towards Christianity um probably more so maybe because it was how I grew up but I didn't I didn't really think of it as as like knowing like man this is the the real truth this is the real truth um so I dabbled in it and then I, you know I went on a I went on like a youth retreat and you know on the way back uh the youth pastor who was um pastor roland's wife i forgot what she yeah yeah Kara, yeah Kara. she she like recited the the sinner's prayer with me or whatever and i like ended up giving my life to i, I remember that as like being the first time that i like gave my life to the lord i was like 14. But then, like, I slid back that very same night because when yeah. I got home, my dad was like, "Man, you're coming in home late, and these so-called Christians are keeping you out late on a school night." Yeah. Which party I, hard, bro? You don't which, know my children's church. <laughs> which I didn't understand. I didn't understand the nature of spiritual warfare, bro. Because, like, looking back, it makes sense that he would get mad. But I was confused too because I'm like, "Man, my dad never trips out on me staying out late. Like, I'm out doing all types of things till 10, 11 years old, and he never tells me anything." And then when I go, like, to like. A Christian like youth retreat he's and I was it was like 930 like he's getting all mad but I didn't understand that it could be like maybe like attack of the enemy or seeing as as they say but anyways that was that bro and I slid back and again I walked down the road of my dad and I grew up and ended up getting just in more trouble and got to the point where I didn't I, I, I pretty much chose I said you know what I'm gonna be on this worldly road worldly lifestyle and I had become convinced in my head that that's who God created me to be because especially from from the Bible I got that idea you know where Paul says um, he creates some vessels for honor and some for dishonor, and you can't basically you can't dictate what God's gonna do or what God is gonna make and stuff like that. And I was like, man, he apparently he made me a vessel of dishonor. You know, if not, he wouldn't put me in this situation. So I kind of embraced that lifestyle to the to the fullest, and um, then I found myself, you know, well into a into a prison sentence and ended up resurrendering my life. But that's another story. That's my understanding of religion. I just want to give that point. I, I know that was kind of longer than anybody else, but I. I feel like it was relevant in context to the whole thing. Um, yeah. it's, crazy, it's crazy that you say that because uh, you talk about when your mother passed away. Well, my father passed away. I wasn't really before that. I wasn't really like really Catholic. Yeah, my, my family members, they were all they would all go to church. But I was never I, I never felt like I belonged, you know, but I always believed that there was a God. Yeah, I always believed that there was a God and. And uh, that he cared for us and whatever, like all day, like he loves us and yada, 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 yada. So my father passes away and I, st I, I get into a deep black hole, man. Like I was depressed. How old were you? Year. I mean, I was yeah. 15, 16. Okay. Um, 15 yeah. turning 16. So I was like um, looking for answers. I started getting really depressed and I started talking to myself in my head. I was like, why am I not happy? Why am I not happy? I, I want to be happy. And then I started thinking. And then there were these moments where I was like, why God? Why God? Why me, God? Why me? Like self-pity. Like I was pitying myself. And like I didn't have anybody um, very close related that went to church. That maybe could have uh, guided me to the uh, road of the Lord. To the yeah. light. So I started reasoning for myself. I was like, you know what? This is fucking self-pity. Like, I'm, I'm pitying myself. I'm, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. Um, I'm being, um, I'm, 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 my family needs me. I'm one of the, I'm one of the eldest. Uh, I need to do something. Like, I need to do something. And from that day on, well, when I was, when I was younger, you know, I, I, that, at that point, I said, you know what? 
I'm God. God doesn't exist. I'm God. If nobody pulls me out of this, nobody's going to pull me out of this. It's me, you know? I got to do it for myself. And I, I, that's how I live my life. Um, what, three, four years uh, after that. And after that, I, after that happened, after I, I got over all that, I was a bit more open, you know? I'm Because when, when you're younger, you're like, no, God doesn't exist. But... Um, when when you get older you mature a little more and and you get more open about certain stuff and you start accepting people's experiences a little more and you're just open to the idea right yeah. that uh giving the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. but but that's that's crazy because you fell into the lord and i um got away from him in a sense you know like yeah. similar circumstances similar circumstances different outcomes exactly different outcome And it wasn't because I thought God was evil or whatever. No, but I just didn't have anybody that, that was that close to religion that could gear me in any type of way, you know? Yeah. But that's basically it, man. Like, I, I like religion. I study it from time to time, but I love talking about it. And I love talking about it, too. Yeah. It's, well, it's... I wouldn't say that I, like, fell into it, at least not right away. Because, like, when I was 14, the, re the reason I really gave my life to the Lord was that, you know, they, they painted this picture of God that, like, He loved me and like all you had to do was like accept him, you know, and the way that I was receiving it in my head at that time was like, you know what, man, this sounds good. Like this cannot not sound good. Like yeah, it's like a good little offer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I repeat this prayer and like now I'm going to be like, I don't know, accepted into, you know, the group or whatever in his kingdom. Like, I don't know, like maybe I'm like his official son yet or like, I mean, you know, yeah. he says, you know, like, you know, you know, the words they say, the terms and the phrases and stuff like Jesus will come into your heart and, and everything's gonna be different. he'll surround you with his angels and yeah. like all this stuff. And yeah. so I thought something supernatural was going to transpire after that. And, 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 and I, you still believe in God. I still believe in God. Day, okay. But what, what I'm saying is like, I didn't fall into God. It's like, I wasn't fully in it. Like that happened when I was 14, but I did go through a phase where I was, I, I, I had some, um, I would say resentment or animosity towards the idea of God or towards God. And I think uh, everybody does at one point. I yeah. think, I think that's I, like, perfectly normal i think i think everybody does yeah, one right is. like you have to be if all the, if all your life they're telling you that he's always good and yeah yeah and when bad stuff yeah when bad stuff happens, happens you're like, life happens bad. basically but you know what exactly. it's because as a as a young person you have a very, very raw and naive understanding of what's good Yeah, like yeah. it's like if you ask a kid what's good well what's good is if you give me candy all day and chocolate milk that's what's good yeah <laughs> buy me all the toys i want that's what's good yeah. you know what i mean yeah. bro i've literally had my son tell me You're mean and you're not a, you're not, I don't know, bro. He says all types of crazy. You're, you're not a good devil. dad. This is the worst day ever. <laughs> like if he's I don't want to be in this family, bro. He saw some movie. Oh, I want two Christmases. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I want bro. two Christmases. <laughs> bro, he bit. has said some outrageous stuff and I'm like, man, dude, this kid, like I can only imagine that that's maybe what God thinks about us and stuff, but. On a grander scale, yeah. yeah. But it was, ironically, bro, it was that resentment towards God that actually drew me into him. And what I mean by that is that I found myself in juvenile this one particular day. And it was in South Dakota. Um, and the way this juvenile worked was that they live you in a cell by yourself for like 24 or 48 hours just to make sure that you're psychologically sane before they release you with the rest of the ju juveniles in there, right? Yeah, man, that's crazy. So they gave me, they only, you have two books. You have a Bible. They give everybody a Bible and an AA book. 
And at this time, again, I'm angry towards God. So I'm like, I'm not going to read that Bible, you yeah. know. But there ain't nothing good in there, blah, blah, blah. I can't understand. It's all mumbo jumbo old stuff that's not relevant to anybody. Like, I don't know, bro. I was mad, right? So I'm reading the AA book. And, you know, these AA books are kind of interesting because it's like the story of, you know, drunk people and all these types of addictions and how they ended up, like, getting off of their addictions and stuff. But after a while, you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is so boring, you know. So I was bored out of my mind, bro. Like, I'm working out, I'm reading, I'm trying to find, I'm bored at this point, right? And the Bible's there, and I come up with an idea to play this game. So I'm like, ooh, I got an idea, like, to, just to keep myself entertained. Yeah. I'm going to open the Bible, and I'm going to look for lies. Like, nah. just you poke know? at it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, bro, man. Yeah, so I'm crazy. like. Here's the irony. You open the Bible, and it's like the story of Genesis, and Noah, how he got drunk off wine. And <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Here we are with another AA story. <laughs> so... No, bro, but actually, I didn't start reading it, like, from beginning to end. So what I did in my head was, like, ooh, I'm going to flip it open randomly and just start looking for a lie anywhere. And I'll never forget that when I flipped the Bible open randomly, I fell on Ephesians 4.28, bro. I'll never forget that verse. And it says, it says, um, I think it says, steal no more. It says, steal no more, but rather, it says, let the man, yeah, let the man who steals, steal no more, but rather let him work with his hands that, me, that he may have something good to give to those in need. And I was like, whoa, like, is he talking to me? Because you were in there because of something like I was stealing stereos at this time. Yeah. So at this time in my life, <laughs> at, at this at this time in my life, me and my friends would pick a street and we'd get off the car and we literally walk down the whole street, bro, while the while my friend is in the car just cruising beside us and we're checking doors. And this is South Dakota, bro. So. It's not like big city, I guess. Everybody left their door unlocked. That's crazy. Everybody. And I'd have my little screwdriver and I'd be jacking stereos, man. And so I opened this verse randomly and with I'm the looking for a lie. And it's like it's like God responded to me, like not with whether this is a conversation or truth. He's like, he's like, you need to stop stealing, basically. So I feel like every time I've back then, right, looked and or pursued the Lord, he's gotten really personal with me. And and I know that now. You know, looking back in retrospect, I, I find me and my personal experience find God to be a very, a very intimate God. And, and that's kind of contrary to what I had thought before, because when I was a young person, my understanding with God that he's way up there in the clouds sitting on like a golden chair with like a crown on his head. And like, you know, everybody is doing his bidding, coming and going, angels and whatnot. But um, as I as I looked further into the Bible and I looked further into truth and I and I saw the story of Jesus, who was the son of God, God, basically God in the flesh, who became man. At least that's that's what John says. Right. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then you go down, I think it's verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. And he was the light of the world. The light shined in the darkness. Darkness didn't comprehend it. Something to that effect. So he's an intimate God. And then you go further and you find out that it doesn't stop there. He went to the right hand of the Father and then the Holy Spirit comes in you and kind of guides you from that point forth. But I didn't, obviously I didn't know all of that then. But my first encounter again with what I thought to be an encounter with God at that point, I, I found to be pretty, pretty intimate. Like it was almost like, like my dad just showing up, opening the door and it's like, what are you doing? Trying to mess around, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that was that. But... That goes with what you had said. Like, yeah, I, I went yeah. through kind of seasons of frustration and stuff. And that was the beginning of, I didn't like fully like surrender to the, my Lord, to, to God at that point either. But I, I was like, man, there's something to this. Like, it's like, like he pursues me at little intervals in time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's never really stopped pursuing me. And I've heard, I've heard other Christians like reading like Christian literature and stuff. And they, they refer to him as the hound of heaven. 
Or like he never stops searching for you, never stops looking for you and Ooh, God. God. And in in my that's that's been my experience, but uh I wanted to I wanted to ask Angela what I wanted to ask you since we've all talked talked about that is like at this point having gone from Catholicism, so we're we're we're, we're talking about religion, right? Um and your understanding of religion was basically whatever understanding you got from the church which is how how my understanding started but it wasn't it wasn't really correct my my understanding was flawed there was a lot of holes in it there was a lot of naivety i don't know if that's a word for it but i was naive in a lot of ways i was ignorant of a lot of things and to where i'm at now my understanding of god now all came through me personally seeking him well i resurrendered my life to him when i was when i was in prison so like i read the whole bible so you know i had a lot of time to read but what is your what is your your understanding of that now like you know like when someone says you know certain certain really general terms like the gospel like the good news of god like what's what do you feel about right. that so i hear like god loves you right growing up all the time and god loves you you need to love your brother you need to love like everyone right but as a kid like i hear my parents telling each other that they love each other right in spanish te quiero but then I see their relationship, and I'm like, dang, this is my God. This is the God I'm believing in. Like, if this is love, like, I don't want Jesus. I don't want Christ. Like, I am not into this. And as I grew up, I would come to church, and I would hear, of, yeah, you need a love is this, love is that. And it was really contradicting because, again, my mom is the one that brought us to church. So my mom is telling me this. And but then, your dad would not join you, right? No. Okay. And, um... Since we left the Catholic Church, all my family, whenever we would do something, so let's say I'm like fighting with my brother or something over like a remote, and they just come up to me and they tell me, oh, so you're, you're Christian? This is what Christianity is, fighting all the time. And it was very in my face about it, and I was like, dang, well, I can't do anything. I can't be nice to him because then I'm being like too holy. I can't be mean to him because then I'm this like huge hypocrite. You're a big sinner. Yeah. <laughs> and well, like I said, like in my house, it was like my mom was telling me that she loved my dad and my dad loved her. But then I see their relationship. They're always arguing. It's like a really just like violent atmosphere. And then I come to church and it's this like whole other thing. And so obviously as a kid, you're naive, right? You believe your mom. And I'm like, dang, well, what is love? I don't know at this point. And I don't start. I'm still serving. I'm still like 15 and I'm still like in the church, I'm still involved, and I don't know love, I don't know God's love. So, um, You're saying active, at this point or when you were 15? Like when I'm 15. Okay. So I'm active in the church, I'm serving, cause like that's what everyone else is doing. And I don't start realizing what love is until I start reading. So for me, reading like the word is like a really big thing, cause how am I supposed to know what God's love is? Reading the Bible, yeah. I'm assuming? Okay. How am I supposed to know what God's love is if I'm not reading his word, if I don't know a single thing about him? And that's when I start getting closer to God. I start encountering him on a more personal level. Because it was always like that. Oh, he's seated on a throne in like, the heavens, and I can't see him, but he's there, so I believe in him. And now it's a little more personal. Like the woman with the issue of the blood that just reaches and touches Jesus' cloak. Yeah. And, and now it's like in any situation that I am, I can reach and I'm touching the robe of him like in heaven, like theoretically speaking, right? And, da -da -boom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm right now of just every day learning more and more what love is and trying to put it into 
my relationships with like my family with with everything and as a kid it was like well not as a kid but like when I was 15 it was hard because I was still like trying to figure out like what is love so I'm reading because when okay I would read like a bunch right when I was having like this so I'm discovering Jesus time and I'm reading for like two hours having this like one-on-one time with God and then my mom comes in and she's like hey Angela two of your cousins in Monterrey just got killed like (coughs) brutally like they're like gangsters got to them like this and this happened they don't want to give their bodies back and like now like all of our families in Mexico like hiding because they're not done right and it's just hard like I'm here reading like legit I just had a whole bible study with Jesus learning about what God's love is about learning that like God loves all of us that we all have a purpose and then this is happening at the same time and it just uh like spiritual warfare right it just so happened that every time I was reading, every time that I was like trying to grow, every time I was trying to learn, something would happen. And it got to the point where like my mom was coming to church and like she still is, but she wasn't reading, she wasn't doing really anything to help us grow. She was just kind of driving us. She was all right to church. And I was the only one in my house reading. I was the only one like trying to learn something. And then after a while I was like you know what this needs to be like a family thing it needs to be like our foundation for us to grow and I take it from my closet to my room where like my sister shares with me so we're reading together at this point and then after a couple weeks I'm like okay I think we're ready and I bring it to the house so I'm reading out loud in the living room tv on blast I don't care if anyone's sleeping and as they're like fighting in their room, as they're like going through whatever it is they're going through, it just becomes something that invades the house. And at this point, my parents are reading with us. My dad, who is like always like against Christianity, is finally like trying to involve himself, trying to like learn and this and that. My brother, who used to cry every day because he didn't like church and he didn't want to come into even the children's church rooms. It's just invading our house on a whole other level. And obviously I did doubt of, is God even real? Like, I can't see him. I can't Mm -hmm. feel him. How am I supposed to know if this is anything? But I kind of, like, implanted into myself of, I would rather be doing this that's bringing my family closer together and living a false faith, living a false religion, than to just continue doing nothing and letting my family just fall apart. And that's when I started, like, realizing, like... I don't care if Christianity is real or not. Christianity is going to be real in this house because it's good. It's what's helping me. It's what's helping us. And well, now it's more of like trying to learn to help others. That That is the true calling of the gospel to go out to the nations, to go out and tell everyone about the good news and bring everyone to Christ. Amen. Are we in church now or what? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're going to have an altar call, but before that, I just want to pick up a real quick offering. I know, right? Just whatever you want to give. <laughs> a real quick offering. Dude, that's... Uh, hold up your cash app. Dang, bust out the cash. Has that takes us to the, the funny side of church. Yeah, our pastor. The Joel Osteens. Put it, put it again. <laughs> we need to make that louder, though. Yeah. Next time, next time. So, Matt, that, that's, that's interesting because we've heard that term all our lives like the gospel the good news um is it so at this point so what do you think are you are you convinced within yourself that that god is real or you're kind of like i am 
I don't know if this is like because you said I don't know if this is real or not, but I, I I'm seeing some positive effects on on my family and I feel some positive effects on myself and so. Right. So that was me like when I was like 15, 16 of doubting obviously and then i started taking this class at my school that was like how do you know what you know and it was going into everything so that's when i kind of started doubting like everything that i believed in but now it's just solidified into this is my faith this is what i believe in this is the god i serve and i mean i haven't been through as much as y'all like i've never been in juvie right but Never say never. Exactly. <laughs> no, no. There's such thing as a backslidden Christian. She's 17 now, so she's considered an adult. Oh, no. <laughs> no more juvie for you. Go, you. you go to the big yeah. tank. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I've gotten in detention before. <laughs> I just say, ISS. Even then, Jesus encountered me. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is that part? Get back in your cell. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Oh man, I have, a, I have a question. Okay, so right. check this out. So that 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 class that you you took, um, how do you really know what you know or whatever? Yeah. Um, that's that's. I wonder what you know they kind of taught in there. But whoa, here's the thing. <laughs> you, what if you grew up in a different part of the world, right? Let's just say you grew up in a, because you just got introduced to church just because it's what like somebody else introduced you to it, and you were there and you kind of grew up with them, and that's what they did, and so that's what you did. But then you got into it, and then you. And then now you're convinced and now you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like now you have, you can see some positive things that have happened. And, but let's just say you were not there. And the thing is, we all are going to be still searching for love, right? That's, that's, that seems like the common not like, okay, God loves me. He wants to do this. He's the creator. Love is like, that's like the number one thing. Very important in the, in the life of a child. Yeah. So and, love. And Trey, what, what was it? Uh, uh, people that need, what was it like the top three things or whatever you were telling me about? Like boom, boom, boom. We're all searching for love. You're talking about uh, Maslow's hierarchy of social needs. Oh, oh is that it? Well, listen, after food and water and stuff. Oh, food. They, okay, that seems right. <laughs> what does Christ say? It, man does not survive on um, bread alone. After There's food. Well, after like basic survival stuff, they need like love and <laughs> there you go. It's they need attention. They they food. The so, baptism of waters. waters. So like the science is that like if you have a no. baby, if you have a baby that doesn't grow up with like human love and interaction, all those things, and he doesn't get it, like by the time he's four, he's, he's they're 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 pretty much like mentally retarded and I can and there's see no that. going back in that like there was oh man this is a very like vague story in my head but I'm, I'm pretty sure i heard a story about this little girl that was like neglected her whole life like both her parents were like really heavily on drugs and so like she wouldn't bother them or interfere with them they'd leave her like in a closet and she was locked up in there and like she'd pee on herself like just super bad neglected yeah. bro and they found her and child protective services ended up taking away from her and she was like 10 at this point but she had gone through such bad neglect in her life that she, she like, there was nothing wrong with her, bro. She did not have, like, Down syndrome officially, but her brain was, like, forever messed up. Like, she was pretty much, like, mentally retarded because of the lack of it. And then, well, the baby's documentary on Netflix. Remember I told you about that? Did you watch that one? Where they did a thing where, like, the, the moms are, like, ah, like... You know, making these little faces yes. to the baby and the baby's like responding to the visual stimulation or, or sound stimulation that the mom that the mom is giving the baby. And then the doctors tell the mom, Okay, like stop, like don't do anything, just look at your baby. So then the baby's there and like the baby's like, waiting, like <laughs> and like and so the baby's like laughing and smiling, which every time the baby would laugh and smile, 
it would get a reaction from the mom, right? Uh -huh. So the mom would like smile back and stuff, but the but the scientist told her don't smile. So the baby is like looking for this reaction from the mom and it's, not getting it, uh -huh. and then the baby starts like crying. It's like so the baby doesn't get it, and then the baby starts <laughs> crying, and then the scientist tells the mom, okay, you could like you can come back again, like you know start start interacting with the baby again yeah. and, and giving it the response that you, you know you usually do or whatever. And so she does, and she like hugs it and picks it up and start doing it again. But the baby was shook by it, like the the baby was like almost like a little bit ticked off for a little yeah. while. And that's crazy because I took a class of psychology in college, and they talk about that. That if you don't show affection to your kid when from when he's a one year old to three years old, you won't ever get an affection from your kid. The kid is always looking for you to respond to fulfill his needs. If you don't fulfill his needs, the kid is going to grow up with a certain resentment or not that connected to to your mother or your father. Um, and it's scientifically proven. Yeah, and extreme examples of that are sociopaths and psychopaths that yeah. have the inability to empathize with people and, like, they'll just kill you because, like, boom. Yeah, boom. if you don't fulfill the baby's needs, the baby's not going to fulfill yours when but you so, grow up, you know? So think like, about that. Like, exactly what you're saying, those are our three needs. It's food, water, and boom, right there is, like, love, basically. And there's some survival, like, um, causes for that, but... It's so common to humanity, and it still begs the question, like, what if we were living somewhere else, you know, and we have a different religion? There's tons of religions, you know, so why this one over that one? Uh, that sort of thing. But, yeah. of course, I mean, from what I've heard from other people, it's the similar situation that we're speaking about. So, like, we're talking about how we grew up with Christianity, but we became, at some point in our lives, disenchanted by it. You know, we're like, eh, I'm not about it. Matter of fact, I'm like... Leaders. We're, we're trying to fit what we know because about love into that. Yeah, because I mean, you hear mold. the story of Ravi Zacharias. He grew up in India. His parents were the highest caste of Hindu religion, so they were like shaman. They were like priests, and you know the way the Hindu religion goes is there's a caste system. So like once you're in the caste, there's they no believe in like um like uh basically like reincarnation, but like whatever caste you're like whatever you basically life, you have to go through like a thousand lives to like super hard work your way up to like another cast but if you're in there you're in there and the reason you're in yeah. there is because for some reason you've done something wrong in a thousand past lives that that's where you're at and that's where you're gonna stay isn't it like in a past life you were a, like uh let's say a cockroach and you did a good thing as a cockroach and your next life when you die you reincarnate as a as a flower or as a tree <laughs> something better I yeah think. so supposedly and, and buddhism and hinduism are like similar yeah. in a lot of ways so i don't know exactly well i think i'm talking more about buddhism but i, I think that is hinduism though hinduism I, I think the difference between buddhism and hinduism is that buddhists have this idea of like um that desire is the major cause of all human suffering so when you reach nirvana is when you reach the point where you desire nothing therefore you have the inability to sin because you really don't desire it. So they they, they kind of try to... And oh. then, like, the the highest Hindu guy who, like, lives in Nepal or Tibet or something, he says, like, the things that we should be, like, focusing on. And I think at one point it was, like, the freedom of Tibet from, like, I don't know, Chinese oppression or something. But he pretty much says, like, hey, guys, desire nothing. But, like, the holy thing to, like, desire or want right now is, like, the freedom of Tibet or whatever. So... And all these religions come back to spirituality because that's all we share with all religions. Yeah. Spirituality, the feeling of something more, you know. Yes, that's, that's like what, a inherent. Exactly, because when when my, when my father passed away, I didn't like 
lean towards God or anything, but it made me more spiritual. It made me more conscious of life and how important it is to like uh, appreciate it and to cherish it when you have it. Like your your brothers, your sisters, your mom. Every day, like to this day, every time I go get out of the house, I say I love you to all my siblings. Yeah, like it, me too. And, and it made me more spiritual. Maybe not leaning towards God, but it made me way more spiritual, more loving, more appreciative, a little bit more mature. Yeah, like. I remember there were certain points where, like, again, when I was, like, mad at God, and I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, there's no God. And, like, I don't really believe it deep down because, I don't know, it's just something, like, within my soul that you're like, oh, man, you know there's a God. Like, all this stuff can't be coincident. Like, it's, but either way, you know, you're like, you're no God. And then you think about it like, man, well, if there's no God, like, well, then I'm never going to see my mom again. Like, because we're just all stardust, and I'm going to go back to being dirt, and that's the end of that. But not necessarily, though. Unless you believe in another God, like, from another religion. Is that what you're saying? Or you keep searching. You uh, just searching. because we don't know of like you, okay, so would you say you're like okay uh, well if there's no God then that means I'm never gonna see my mom or whatever but I mean it, there could be other stuff out there that that, that, uh, that we're not aware of that just because we're not aware of uh, I, don't, I really really don't know how to say it though put it into words it's because I, I believe have you ever have you guys ever heard of Sadhguru Sadhguru he's uh, this uh, mystic uh, Hindu mystic from India and this guy, man, every time I put on a video of him, he's a he's a he's from the Hindu religion, and he said that he was enslaved by Shiva, the 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 god. Yeah, the highest god of Hindu religion god. or whatever. And he talks about it, and and you believe this guy, you believe what he tells you, and when he speaks, when you ask him a question, uh, the people in the audience. He responds with such a wise answer. Like, you can't refute anything that he says. Even if there were, like, a, a, a debate with a scientific, with a scientist, he wouldn't lose. And he's done that before, and he doesn't lose. And it's just because when he speaks, it's not like refuting other people's religion or putting him, his religion over yours. He talks way more spiritually. Like, what you are, the down, down, deep, like, what you feel, what it is, and he mixes in uh, scientific research to back up his claims. And this guy's crazy. So what's his worldview or perspective or what? This guy, um, well, he, he said that, this is a crazy story, not many people believe it, but he said that one day um, he was climbing a mountain. He was very successful. He said that he was very successful at uh, 20 years old or 22 years old. He already had a business. Everything was going great. And he said, well, you know what? I'm bored. I don't know what else to do. Like, this is this is it. This is the epitome of my life. Like, I'm bored. And this guy starts uh, climbing a mountain. It's called Vid Vidingili Hill, something like that. And he says that uh, he sat down at the top of the mountain and he was looking. The sun was up. The sun was up and... Uh, he started uh, just thinking, you know, just watching the distance. And he said that in a matter of, uh, of seconds, the sun uh, went down. His, he hadn't blinked. He hadn't blinked, by the way. And when he, he realized that the sun had gone down and he looks down on his shirt and he's like all full of, uh, he's wet with tears, like with water mm -hmm. from, and, and tears rolling down his eyes. And he says, I, I realized that I hadn't closed my eyes and I had been there for a very long time, but for me it was like seconds. So he had a severe case of like. Yeah, like. A, a, yeah, like. Red eye. Exactly. Well, I, I don't even know about that. Some type of eye. Yeah, and he also tells another story where he's sitting in his, in his, um, 
he smoked a ton with, of weed. Yeah, probably, <laughs> bro. Nah, but he's uh, sitting with his family and he's eating. And he basically sits down, he's eating, he closes his eyes. And when he opens them, there's like a crowd of people around him. And he's like, what just happened? You know, I just closed my eyes. And they... They he starts uh like realizing that that he hasn't moved for a long time and he asks how long have I been sitting down and he's and they tell him you've been sitting down about three weeks and that people yeah his family they were like everybody was super surprised I don't know because when when I uh, reason it when I think about it I would be like well my family wouldn't just fucking leave me there you know like for three weeks chilling yeah yeah bro my wife would probably slap me tell me to wash some dishes yeah. or something. <laughs> And he said that when he woke up, uh, people were asking him, uh, when, when is my daughter getting married or am I going to be rich? Like people were already on his train of him being like the chosen one because he would get these um, tra trances. He would get into, into these trances and, and just uh, space off, you know, and it was for he, he said that it felt an instant. He felt it in an instant. But he said that they had to massage his legs. They had to move his body. Well, there's something weird about those people from the Eastern religions is that they 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 held very high esteem the ability to meditate for very long periods of time. I and mean, they, I yeah. think the most and do create like go into ice water. The and most like, radical, yeah. Like, like they like take kicks to the <laughs> oh yeah genital area. Very that's, like that's more like Bollywood and stuff. No, those are like oh man, they're no, they're these monks, bro. Bro, like, yeah, the monks. There you go, oh, and they've bro, been researching they, them too lately, and they're finding during a lot of, during like oppression, they've like burned them alive, and the dudes like they're meditating like chilling. on fire. It probably doesn't even hurt. One of them supposedly meditated so long that he just died there in meditation. He's like a mummy. The most like, that's it was like the guy you're talking about. <laughs> no, and this guy, and for me, I've I've already like heard a lot of of these people speak, <laughs> and for me, this guy is the most credible and the one that if I would ever need anything, but credible like in what way? Like what he's saying and, and is true about his experience, or like what he's his, saying about his God, or and what he preaches? Because what does he preach? Yeah, I want I want to know what he preaches. Um, I couldn't really tell you. Let's look him up. Guy, What's his name? Sadguru. So I, I know who he, yes I know who he is he's on YouTube a lot yeah he's on YouTube a lot and he's always uh, that's what he said on a, 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 academic stages right and yeah. and people from the crowd ask him questions no, and he answers he, he, yeah he has one of the biggest uh, okay, non-profit yeah. organizations in the world or in India at least um, this guy's like a big guy he's mm -hmm. been interviewed by a lot of people and for me he's different He's not like just one of those mystics, one of those guys that that talks and 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 it's really like you don't believe him. Of course, the things he says they're really well, not really unbelievable, but many of the things he says uh, for the Westernized people, uh, it would be kind of like unbelievable. Like you could not believe that somebody could meditate for three weeks, let alone months. And he says that he says that uh, people can meditate uh, weeks or months without water or food but it's still detrimental to your health when you wake up from that because what what he says is that when you start meditating all of your energy you're not using any energy in your body any energy all the energy that you have is just in your brain right here and it's not using a lot because you and i we need food because we move every day we go to work we, we we're driving we have to walk but he says that when you're meditating all your energy reserves, uh, you keep them. You mm -hmm. keep them. But, of course, they do uh, uh, fade away. And, of course, if you meditate for many, many things, for many, many year, uh, yeah, years, and you master it, 
um, he says that it can be addicting. He says that meditating for some pe for people that have mastered it, it can be addicting because they can literally live there. They could live there and their real body out, out here is suffering. But like, what's the point of what he's saying? Is he speaking about meditation like yoga? Like, hey, this is good? Like, no, and it's he, cool and everything? Not, he, or no. is he like pointing towards what he's doing as being some type of medium or means or bridge to getting towards what he believes to be like the one true God or what? No. Basically, I guess you gotta check him out. But yeah, like, you gotta he, check him out. This is your homework. But what's his like this point? Is your um, he basically, they, basically they, they ask him to come and speak because this guy's a very, very respected. Uh, and he just spits wisdom. Yeah, yeah he spits that's wisdom. That's what he does. That's really what he does. But I haven't really heard like, like beliefs from him or like about this or that or no that. and and he doesn't speak about beliefs he yeah. doesn't speak about his gods or whatever like people are just asking him questions and he comes back with uh with super wise stuff like this guy could solve your life if you wanted to if you really listen to him if, yeah if you're not close like this guy could really help you um but this is y'all's homework watch that guy and then tell me what you think about him because I really I can really respect someone like that I watch. I mean, man, when you approach all types of different people and different religions, man, it. I mean, it's there's some really smart people out there. There's some really wise people out there. There's some really articulate, eloquent, and well-spoken people out there. Very convincing people out there, and to such a degree that you would consider them some type of like priestly figure in the sense that that they 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 have they. Seem to deserve a following or someone that you yes. can look to to follow in their footsteps based on what they're saying and what they have accomplished, right? According to these experiences that he said he's done. Okay, man. Actually, Bro. I remember Be one of the things he said, but, and he says that uh, Buddhism, which is different from Hinduism, is uh, and, and also Christianity and Catholicism, what they do is they in their own way they elevate your spirituality and that's what he says that happens with religion he doesn't refute any other religion he just says that like hinduism buddhism is really uh like close to to hinduism yeah he says that um there's these uh mantras that are very very similar from buddhism and hinduism and he says that that's it. He, basically, there's steps that you go through to raise your spirituality that you can do amazing things just with your mind, just uh, by meditating. Like, it's it's really cool. Like, I would like one day when I have a lot of money, go over there and, and like actually firsthand live it, you know? I mean, just to give a really basic example, the way I see it, and I think I've, I've done a good amount of like looking into it, is that it's like a multiple choice question. It's like a multiple choice question. Like, and I think if there is objective truth, and what I mean by that is that if there is one God, mm -hmm. you know, because maybe there's multiple gods, but then it begs the question, well, who's the God of the gods or who created all these right, multiple gods? Like, is it like the Zeus the thing? Where he I had think a when, we think of, when we think of the name God, it's just so far out there. Like, it's like, this, to me, I look at it as like the source or like, you know what I'm saying you're like because then you start thinking of little men running around up there yeah you know, like, like the creator of the matrix like, yeah just, just man there's so many yeah. bro there's so many different directions Energy. that you can go in and as a human being I don't think we have the mental capacity to consider all the multitude of variables and stuff the best that we can do is try to find objective truth somewhere yeah. and um and I, if there is 
in my experience, there is good and evil. And I'm not getting the idea of good and evil from this idea that's been implanted in me as a kid. I get the idea of good and evil that's something that is within me intrinsically because when somebody I feel wrongs me, I get very angry about it, right? And and there's been, and you could even see that with the child, that the way child children interact with each other, it seems to be that when they feel wrongs, they cry about it or they whine about it or they get angry about it. There just seems to be this moral law written within the code of our hearts and that seems to be objective in its nature and it seems to be the same for all human beings but what i'm saying is that if there is an objective good that being god or okay i'm just gonna say god to not make it more complicated just to not make it more complicated if there's an objective good being god and if there's an objective evil that being satan then it would make sense that that he would want to give humanity multiple a multiple choice question where they could choose any or the other, A, B, C, or D. And it would also make sense that A, B, C, D, and E, or J, or whatever, how many multiple questions are out there. And when I'm saying that, I'm, I'm metaphorically um, giving the, the yeah. analogy of different yeah. religions, different options as far as religion goes. It will make sense that a lot of them, a lot of those answers would be very similar in nature. And if you look at different religions, there's a lot of, there's a lot of religions that are very similar in nature, like meditation, Hindus, Buddhists, the Christianity says it, it says meditate, but Christianity and the Bible particularly says meditate on the word of God and meditate on the things of God and stuff like that. So, um, but man, uh, man, I just had a brain fart. Honestly, I had my train no, of thought. But talking about uh, I was super honest evil, something. that's one thing that I really focused on when what happened to my dad, I was like, I know that bad things happen, but why to me? Like, once you start thinking that way, after that, that I refuted God and I was like, I'm God, you know, I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. I was like, I started looking at uh, really getting into nature. Like I started getting more spiritual, getting more into nature. So I was watching some videos on, on History Channel or Discovery Channel. And you see like the zebra getting, it, it, getting eaten by the lion and it looks like morbid. It looks like they're murdering. Him. But that's a cycle of life they need to eat and it just happens that they eat zebra yeah. you know and other yeah and like crocodiles eat turtles and it looks right. bad like you're like uh, uh crocodiles popping the turtle it sounds like breaking a skull oh, damn and you show I, sh I showed it to my sister and she's like oh my god no oh I remember the thought that I had. The, the, <laughs> I, I remember the closing point that I wanted to make on that is that when I've looked into all like at least all the religions I know of in the world, who knows how many there could be, you know, all of them kind of make the same assertion that like all religions are like kind of the same and we're all like seeking God and stuff like that. And it's, it's a very common phase that says all religions are, are pretty much the same fundamentally, right? But I really like what Ravi Zacharias said about that. He says the opposite is true. All religions are really um similar superficially but fundamentally different at yeah. the core of what they believe mm -hmm. right and i believe that to be true man like the whole meditation all that there's a lot of similarities in our world religions but you know like you said about the hindus and the buddhists they do believe that the hindus have an unlimited millions of gods supposedly yeah they have anybody could everything. be a god and the buddhists too and they have no problem with you coming and talking about you know hey i believe that jesus is god and they're like they're cool uh, yeah, that's where they one. have an issue is when you say that he that like when you make an objective statement that he is the way the truth and the life the he's only the way only truth that's yeah, that hey everyone you're not yeah, gonna make me one. you know but and 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 you know the the Muslims are the same way you know the difference there's I mean I'm maybe there's more than one difference but in a really fundamental way the difference between Islam is that they believe that 
you know, that Muhammad was the prophet of God and that they, that the chosen people of God hail from the, from Ishmael. Mm -hmm. So the older son of Abraham and the Jews believe that they're the people of God, which that's Old Testament and stuff like that, but that they hail from Isaac and stuff. And there's, there's a differentiating there and they believe in their own Quran that Jesus was a great prophet. But when I looked into it and I thought about it, I seems to, I, I saw that to be kind of contradictory because if you consider Jesus to be a great prophet, well, then you should believe his prophecies. And yeah. one of them was that he said that he's the son of God, but you don't believe he's the son of yeah. God. So either he's a false prophet and a liar, or he is who he says he is, but he can't be both. He can't be a great prophet. Yeah, yeah. And according to you and the son of God, because you say he's not, right? Yeah. So I just found there to be contradictions there. Um and you know you're talking about this this guy this spiritualist who has a lot of wisdom and stuff and i see also that's the difference between someone like the person of jesus who also had a lot of wisdom and other other prophets or other spiritual leaders throughout throughout history is that you know jesus did a lot of great things and said a lot of wise things but he also says he's the son of god and he also says refer to him as the temple that will be broken down in three days will be brought up referring to his 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 death uh crucifixion and resurrection from the dead and you know so there seems to be a whole lot like more historical evidence about his death and resurrection than any other person who's spiritual person in history who's who's who no I'm, i don't know who's made a claim like that muhammad said he was the prophet of god but there was no there was no other like historical witnesses to really c collaborate and support that it's just he said he was in the desert somewhere and he got this revelation and then he started the religion and then supposedly he became like a warlord and stuff like that so that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a whole lot of religions out there, but there's really only, as far as I know, three monotheistic religions. And what I mean by that is there's only three religions that believe in one God. That's Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. And all of them actually believe, suppose that there's the same God because Islam believed that they came from Abraham and Abraham believes in, in that God. And then Jews also believe in that same God and yeah. Christians believe in that same God. Where they differentiate on is the person of Jesus Christ in all of those which that's where Christian, that's where they branch off and that's where they break up and stuff. And then within the Christian realm, there's a lot of different religions. And then when you go into polytheism, you know, you're talking about Buddhism and Hinduism and, and uh, I guess Native American spirituality and stuff like that. But I've spoken to some Native Americans when I lived in South Dakota and they do believe, I think they call them like the Kantala or something like that, which is like one true God. But they believe that there's a spiritual essence in everything. Um, like, you know, rocks and stuff, and it should be respected. And I, I could kind of vibe with that, man, you know, because I really don't know that's their thing, but it, it resonates with me as something that's being true. I believe that, like, yeah. Yeah, everything has energy, and everything could speak to you. Yeah, and I think you should respect everything like that, and it comes for it with the respect, and they believe that, and they're strong in that. Um, and, I, re man, I really vibe with the Native Americans when I was up there, but nonetheless, I still believe full-heartedly in what I believe now. And it's not just... Um, from what I've heard, but it's a multitude of things. It's what I read in the Bible. It's the experience I had. It's the the way that I tested it with truth. I read a lot of books. I read um, The Evolution of a Creationist by Dr. Joe Martin, where he talks about evolutionary theory. You know, I had a lot of Islamic friends when I was locked up, and man, they would... <laughs> They would, man, we would go hard, bro. They would tell me, they would tell me, man, Jesus didn't die for me, brother. Don't, don't bring that over here, brother. Jesus didn't die for me. That's what they tell me, you know. And you know, but, but just, at the same time, do you think people would like, like, because the Bible does have errors in it? That's like an unknown thing, you know. There's, a, they, they there, study the Bible a, for sure. There are errors, and it's 
like uh, we should bring up a couple next time. But let's just say, okay, so the Indians you were talking about to keep it uh, kind of close because I know we're running out of time, right? Okay. So you think God would go to send but Indians wait, to you hell? You got to go? You got to go? I got to go in a little bit. Yeah, five, ten minutes, and then you, if you guys want to continue. But uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about the Indians that had the, the, you know, their own little thing there? And since they don't believe in Jesus, though, like, Technically, like they're all going to hell. No, not technically. Where do you get that from? Because Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, the life." So if the Indians don't know the way, the truth, the life, I think even so-called Christians can go to hell. Because I was reading this thing of like Christianity or the word Christian is only in the Bible three times. And how many times does God command us to go out and share the word, to share the belief? And I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what religion you are or what you believe in. It's just as long as you believe in God or sh- follow the doctrines of the Bible. Yeah, like that's a shady area in the that's Bible. Right. Well, that is a shady area because you're is. talking about belief as long as you believe in that. And it's like, well, how do you define that? Because you spoke about love. Yes. And you had this idea of God and love. But then the, the way that you, that, but the way love. that it was defined to you practically through the experience that you had with your mother and father was not a definition that you really wanted to embrace. Exactly. Right? So, it, okay, as long as you believe in God, what does that mean? Like, I think about him in a head. Okay, yeah, he died it's, in, it's like Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9, right? If you believe you in know, God and confess with your heart yeah, that Jesus you know, is Lord, and, you will be saved. Like, and, you know, the faith without works is dead. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And I, I believe that pertains to anybody who's just whether Christian or not. Whatever it is that you say you believe, if I'm not seeing it in your actions, man, you're a fraud to me. Like you know? actions speak louder. Yeah. yeah. So it's like hypocrisy, like you said. And I mean, everybody has a measure of hypocrisy. Like we're human, we're flawed. Like Every, how much can we say purpose. I believe this and we're gonna stick to it a hundred percent and our actions are never gonna show otherwise besides that? Man, you'll be hard pressed to find somebody who can do that. But you know, you made a question, and it's a super common question. I, I wanted to address it because you said, you know, what about the Native Americans who never had the Bible or Christ and anything like that? That's yeah. a very common belief that people believe like, oh, well, you know, everyone's going to hell. And or just anybody, not just it, the Indians. It, I, I, think it's, I, think, I think it's wrong, and I think it gives people a, a really idea, bad idea of God because, hey, man, if he's all powerful, like, why did he just cut off these people and stuff and not show them to him? But Paul addresses that in the epistles. He says, to those who did not have the law, God, uh, what does it says? God will judge them according to the law written in their hearts for, for, for they doing what was contrary to their conscience. Their conscience bearing which witness unto them what is right. So that goes along with what I'm saying about the moral law within my heart. So, for example, let, let me give you an example. Of but that, not everybody okay? has the same moral law, you know. Okay, he's we judging all, them according to their own moral law. Yeah, we all have like according the line to their that own moral law right and what we think on the individual basis. According to yeah. the moral law written within their own hearts, that's what the scripture actually says. So let me give you a practical example of that. Let's say, let's say I'm a teenager. I don't know, right? And let's say. I don't know, I'm growing up in this, you know, Americanized world and, you know, I'm at high school and I hear talk about, and let's say I'm getting into, I don't know, some form of, I don't know, sexual immorality or pornography or whatever. Sorry, Angela, you're an adult. You're not naive. So anyways, whatever, right? I'm a boy, right? And let's say within myself, I'm like, ah, oh, man, like I, I just became addicted to it and I started watching it all the time and stuff. But then I felt really bad about myself. Like, I'm like, man, like looking back in retrospect, like I feel dirty. I'm disconnecting in my social relationships with other people. I'm starting to view all females as just like this freaking like tool to be used. And like, I feel like I'm just like falling apart. Like I hate it. I feel bad afterwards. Like I get like, man, I'm falling out of control. So within your own heart, you're like, man, I don't want to do this no more. Like th- this is wrong. I can't really define you 
why i can't explain why all i know is that i feel it's wrong in my heart i don't want to do it no more it's something that i'm doing that i just feel is wrong within myself that's a moral law written in within your own heart and i think the conviction that a person is feeling at that time regardless of their religion like i mean i feel like everybody feels that to some extent whether they're religious or spiritual or not they feel that sense of consciousness uh, conscience right like the jiminy yeah. cricket or whatever and they feel that sense of conviction and god will judge them according to that conviction so that's what paul says the way that god judges people are those who did not have the revelation of christ in their lives and i think it's more of you keep repeating that action right you're you're, you're consciously saying you know what i feel like this it's bad you know I, i i did wrong in doing this and then the next day you do it again and then yeah. the next day you feel the same yeah that's what would uh send you to hell yeah basically doing it again consciously knowing because you consciously know something you you want to fix it and you stop doing it you're already in the path to good yeah you know? and i mean furthermore paul reiterates it in the new testament where he says where he says now that we have the revelation of christ and the holy spirit within us you're supposed to live according to the unction of the holy spirit he says your brother might think it's a sin to eat meat and you don't he says there's nothing yeah. wrong with that god didn't made our stomachs so like it's yeah, not about that thing yeah so like there's a lot of sins too that aren't really necessary sins but or, or they don't appear to you as sins that they really are for instance like pride is like the number one sin that's the whole thing that's why we have a satan supposedly right yeah mm -hmm. because of pride right but yeah. pride is not really written in your heart because you're pride you're freaking full of yourself type yeah. of thing so there's a lot of gray areas there too and then we can rewind all the way back to be like oh if god is ever so knowing or whatever why did he even create satan if he knew he was gonna do all this whole you know You just take it back, you know? Like, why yeah. even do with a whole saying if you're just going to cause just destruction? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just cancel that guy out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But. Man, well, we could go like, down a whole other road as it pertains to that. Because, yeah. I mean, I've thought, I've thought of all those things. I've, mm. thought, I've thought of all those things. And I'm not saying I have the answers towards everything. But I would like to discuss the things that I've thought about as it pertains to those things. Because I've thought deeply about feel, them. Where you feel religion is right. Like we should talk about that where you feel oh, yeah. that so the main point. helps you, like that you know you're doing something right with religion. What do you mean? Like that's what you what what you want to discuss. Like what sits right with you with religion? No. Oh, like, with, oh with him? With no. Was saying, that's no. What... No. He he said what? Why? Why would God even create Satan? Oh, okay. That that that's what he said. Oh, but it was just like a, like he a just had kids, you know? Thought. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> he just had kids. No, Satan. Yeah, yeah no. He, he was a. It was like a mistake. Yeah, he, he, he was uh, abort, what abort. the abort. <laughs> He's like abort this child. Abort. That's the only time abortion is you know what do you call it <laughs> acceptable. No, but I think I think the main point with with religion is it's very important and it so you have to always think for yourself, right? So if you're gonna go off on this trip with religion, okay, well study them all and, and basically don't count on pastors to kind of tell you what's right. Don't count on yeah. religious gurus overseas. Don't count on anybody. Just kind of like. What do you call it? Research. Do research, research. Look, look into it. And because Try once again, objective. you have people like Joel Osteen. You know what I'm saying? And Every time people have done that in history, it's gone wrong. No. Well, here's the... Th no, I'm talking about like you with your whole personal like... No, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I'm saying every time in history where people have just followed some oh, person oh, blind, telling them what to blind, do, it's oh, gone oh, wrong. Words. Look at the whole, look the at, whole church in Houston. I want to make that a huge example. Huh? Today, like, that's what's happening with, with social media, mass brainwashing. Everyone's believing. Yeah. Everyone's believing what they tell them because they have been the media source since the 40s, 50s. I don't know. You can go back, like, to basic, basic media. They, they've been doing it all the time, you know? 
Yeah, the devolution. Yeah, and right now it's like really starting to come out. People are really starting to wake up to to um, to the lies. See, yeah, and you know, all, all those news media sources. You know, right now what we uh, fall back on or what we uh, get our news from for me is YouTube. Like for me, I I, I YouTube for everything. People from both sides. I take a look at both of them. That's where I get my news. Not yeah. CNN, not Fox, not yeah. Well, because it's actually news. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my man, the and propaganda like, has become so thick. But yeah, yeah. like it's more diverse. Like there's more people talking about a lot of things. You know, it's not yeah. like CNN and MSNBC that are owned by one guy or two guys. Like you already know it's gonna be the same show. You know. Yeah. But well, I guess we'll wrap it up for today. And maybe there'll be a part two to this whole yeah, discussion. Real quick, do we have any questions or comments? No? no? <laughs> we should do a part two of this. Like, How many this viewers is... do we have? Two? Don't you want to talk about this afterwards? No. <laughs> hey, let's see what's I up. I want to know now. We got I want a new you to name them, put them out there. We got a new studio. We're on the way up. We need to know how many viewers. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we'll finish it off. Yeah, all right. We'll we'll finish it off. Uh thanks you guys for tuning in. Um again, we'll be uploading this to YouTube, Rumble, uh Spotify soon, Apple Podcasts, it'll be on all of those. So God bless, good night. We can do a mic drop pretty. <laughs>